Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, this is pretty cool. Just in time for Easter, Peeps are introducing customizable My Peeps. You can choose colors, dips, and toppings. It's a, a dozen. is will set you back 30 bucks. Ooh. Second, Pepsi Nitro is hitting store shelves. It's the first ever mm. nitrogen-infused soda. Mm. It comes in draft cola and draft vanilla cola flavors. And finally, in the world of food, do you know anyone who likes Arby's? They're introducing... Do. do. you like Arby's? They have the meats. Yes. <laughs> I, been, I was telling my sister the other day, I don't think I've been into an Arby's in, like, decades. Oh, my gosh. I get the roast, big roast beef sandwich, nothing on it. No sauces, no really? nothing, just the sandwich. Okay. Oh, well, Evan. see, Evan. Since you're an Arby's fan, see how this hits you. They're introducing a new spicy fish sandwich that features a spicy, crispy fish fillet topped with diced, fire roasted jalapenos, mm. shredded lettuce, tomato, and tartar sauce on a toasted sesame bun. Okay, I might be in for Fridays during Lent, but the, they got to hold the jalapenos. No, uh, no jalapenos. I'm not a jalapeno fish. guy. Don't yeah. I just I don't like them. Period. To me, the flavors sound like a fish taco on a bun. Does the equivalent? Yes. Yeah. I wonder yes. if that's what they're going for in, in research and marketing. You sound like one of those uh, snarky Food Network judges. This is nothing more than a taco, fish taco, and a bun. <laughs> <laughs> we are looking for an elevated dish. This doesn't come close. <laughs> I didn't know I sounded so snarky. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right, you didn't. I'm just making you that way. <laughs> I have a question for you. Are you willing to post a picture of yourself on social media where you just look su- super goofy? Do it all the it's time. It's not flattering at all. Or like you're in a video doing a silly dance and you just, you're dancing like the whole world can, you don't care if anyone can see you. We're going to talk about that next. So are you pretty open about, you know, silly videos of you or non-flattering photos on social media? Are you like, whatever, this is me. This is me having fun. Well, someone who is like that is, is a blast from the past. Do you remember Ty Pennington from Extreme Makeover Home Edition? Oh, yeah. um, you know, the spiky hair. Ty and, Pennington. He yeah, talked like this. He was the host. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Move and, that bus. <laughs> <laughs> he's now 57 years old. Mm-hmm. And he went on a little beach getaway with his wife. And he just wanted to have fun and cheer her up. So he's on the beach in his bathing trunks. And he hikes them up real high. And he does this really silly dance just to make his wife laugh. And he posted it on social media. And people were so cruel to him. They were calling him fat and old man. And oh my goodness, look at the grandpa. He got old and all this stuff. And he he finally responded. And he said... Listen, that was just a funny moment with my wife. And yes, I'm 57. And no, I don't have six-pack abs anymore. And I have gray hair and I have wrinkles. And it's okay. And he basically Mm. just kind of stood up for himself. And usually you think of this happening to women. But this time it happened to a dude. And I just thought it was really neat that he spoke out. And he feels like he kind of knows now what it's like to, uh, to try to promote body positivity and acceptance. Because now he's been... The victim of people just being rude and mean. And he said, at 57 years old, I've truly never been happier. Oh, good for him. Go, Ty. So we've all heard supply chain issues, right? It's affecting everything from stuff on the grocery shelves to trying to buy a car or whatever. But uh, a friend of mine was telling me the other day that trying to get their car repaired has been a nightmare, and it's about to take a drastic turn. Wait till you hear what the repair shop suggested they do. We'll talk about it next. So a friend of ours 
Check this out. You talk about supply chain issues. They were telling us about um, their car, which they were in a fender bender, gosh, two, three months ago. Mm-hmm. And the car, because of supply chain issues, has been in the shop that long. Whoa. They're like, they're just waiting on parts. There's no parts uh. available. They tell them, like, the parts are probably on a boat floating around somewhere out in the, out in the ocean somewhere. Mm. Uh, and they, they can't say when it's going to be done. They have no idea. Whoa. So get this. Our friend told us that the body shop recommended that we just tell the insurance company we need to total the car. <gasps> have them pay you, pay you for the car and start over. He said, because who you could be, it could be like 2023 before we get the part. We have no idea. I wonder if the insurance company will accept that. I don't know. Because, like, I remember, this is just a quick little example. Everyone in our neighborhood got new roofs because of a hailstorm. Yeah. And our insurance company sent an inspector to our roof, and they said, oh, it's fine. It's totally fine. So we didn't get a free roof out of it like the whole neighborhood did. But So I wonder, yeah, will the insurance company go, okay, yeah, it was a fender bender. We'll call it totaled. No worries. Here's the money for the whole car. Right. Or are they? are insurance companies taking into account... The extraordinary times that we're living in and going, well, under normal circumstances, no. Mm -hmm. But because I I guess when they total it, it means it's undrivable. And technically, our friend's car is undrivable for the unforeseeable future. So who knows? I can't wait to hear how this plays out. This is fascinating. Keep you guys posted on how this goes. And if you're going through a situation like that, we'd love to hear from you. Being affected dramatically by supply chain stuff. Give us a call. Hey, Piper, it's Kevin and Taylor. We're talking about supply chain issues. You're a driver for a really big company. You had a fender bender, and the supply chain really affected you? I was towed into a repair center in Miami, July mm-hmm. peak season, okay? okay? I was put up at the Double Tree Hilton for eight days <gasps> while they waited for a part to get driven in to fix my truck. So I'm telling you, I loved it. <laughs> this company treated me royally. It's the first and, time you've ever um, had a, a vacation in me. your life. <laughs> exactly. And I wanted to call people and say, come on, fly in. I've got the best room. I've got the best view. Come on. So it was wonderful. Supply chain issues worked out great for you. That's awesome. <laughs> I was working on my tan. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling. Thank you. I love you guys. Y'all uh, are the best. I love you right back. Thanks for hanging with us. Kev, you and I have done radio for a long time. I remember when you were just still interviewing me, you were like, hey, you want to know something? My wife's pregnant. So I've been with you as a co-host with, with through three of your four yeah. pregnancies. Yeah. And um, this, though, never did happen. A guy in the UK who's a radio guy got news while he was live on the radio that his wife was in labor. And for a minute, he didn't believe her because his co-host had played a prank on him and his wife a couple of weeks prior. And mm. she called and was like, the contractions have started. <laughs> but this time it was for reals. And he was out on the scene reporting on a winter storm. Yes, I've just had a message from a wife saying, uh, hey, I'm having contractions now. And the next she's uh, nine months and, and five days pregnant now. So he had to get through the storm run home, get his three-year-old son over to his grandma's house, then get his wife and get to the hospital on time. Wow. And it all worked out. They had a baby girl and they get her little girl named Robin and they gave her the middle name 
storm. <laughs> she was born during the winter storm. He sounded so calm, too. I know. Didn't he? I would have been like, that whole thing. <sighs> so who does most of the laundry in your family? Coming up, see if this happens to you. Who does the most laundry in your family? Uh, for me, that for us, that would be me. Between me and Glenn, I do more laundry. So see if this happens to you. You get finished folding the clothes and you have that unmatched sock. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, where in the world do they go? That uh, get, get this. The average person will lose 756 socks in their lifetime. No kidding. Why in the world is that not an odd number, by the way? Are we losing pairs? On average, we will do 13,000 loads of laundry in our lifetime. Side note, if you're on track to do, well, none, if you don't help with the laundry, then that means that someone in your life is doing 26,000 loads in their lifetime. So think about Mm. that. Through all those loads, the average person will ruin 95 pieces of clothing by washing whites with darker colors or by not choosing the appropriate settings on the washing machine. You ever ruin something? Yeah. Like wash a red with a white or something? I've done that, and then I I try to be so careful about what goes in the dryer, Mm -hmm. but I shrunk something, and there was no going back. Well, this would be fun to talk about. Do you have any washer-dryer mishaps? Because you can't reel those back in, right? Mm -hmm. Once it's done, it's It's done. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Joel, we're talking about mistakes in the laundry room, and your mom made one that affected you. What happened? I was a teenager, and my mom, uh, she was a all-white and all-dark load kind of person. Right. And she ran a load of whites with a red shirt in it. And for about a year and a half, I wore nothing but pink T-shirts to school. <laughs> <laughs> we're sharing laundry mishap stories, Lauren. What happened to you? Oh, my goodness. I accidentally washed a diaper in with a load of laundry yesterday and it was a disaster in the washing machine in the dryer all over the floor and i think i had to wash that same load about seven times because everything just exploded from the diaper so you didn't you didn't know when you took the clothes out of the wash that it was in there and then you put it in the dryer yes luckily it was a clean diaper the story got a little better though at least it was clean yeah but they they absorb and and they absorb so much and they expand when they absorb all of that and then poof explode everywhere that that must have been a mess it was a huge mess Well, we're talking about laundry room uh, catastrophes. What happened to you? Okay, so pretty early on in our marriage, my husband took over the laundry duties because we had a lot of little kids and I just couldn't get to it. Nice. I buy all I buy all his clothes. So I bought him a very nice pair of slacks that he could wear to interviews. So um, he wore them a few times. And then, unfortunately, we're on our way to a funeral. And I look over at him. I said, what's wrong with your pants? And he goes, <laughs> Nothing. And I was like, did you wash those? And he said, yes. I was like, they're dry clean only. (laughs) (laughs) So you had to wear floods to the funeral? (laughs) They were awful. They looked so bad. I threw them away. (gasps) Oh, man. What a waste. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very much. I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. I love you right back, CJ. Take care. Bye-bye. Other than faith, what's one of the most important things you hope to instill in your children? They surveyed moms and dads of kids seven years old and younger, and it revealed the key attributes they'd most like their littles to develop as they grow up. The art of being kind to others, empathy, honesty, independence. Those came out on top 
with the kindness being number one. Helping others, loyalty, patience, and optimism were important to moms and dads as well. Mm, That's a good list. Hey, did you have to go back into the workforce after staying home with the kids? Coming up, how to do it without losing your mind. So many women, are they face having to go back into the workforce after being home with their kids, whether it's becoming a widow, their husband leaves or becomes disabled or loses his job. So many reasons. But how do you do it without losing your mind? Well, according to experts, first, meet with your kids and let them know that you will no longer be able to cater to their every desire. It's time for the kids to pitch in and help where they can. Second, automate everything you can, whether it's online grocery shopping, direct deposit, auto pay on bills, you name it. Third, always prep the night before for work and school. Fourth, don't forget to get some sleep and take care of yourself. And finally, don't try to go it alone. Don't be afraid to ask family and friends to be your support. They'll get joy out of actually being able to help your family. Mm. Interesting that you share that story that saw the mayor of New York has made some people unhappy because he's encouraging people to go back to work, to their offices. And the way he said it was, you can't stay home in your PJs forever. <laughs> You've got to go back into the office. And people did not take, take very kindly to that. How do you go back to the workforce after being home with your kids without losing your mind? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'd be neat to have moms share their t- tips and tricks that they learn because they've been there with young moms who might be facing the same thing. We'd love to hear from you. What advice do you have? Hey, McKenna, what advice, uh, tips and tricks do you give other moms in your life when they've been home with the kids and they find themselves having to go back to work? How do they do it without losing their minds? Man, that is a tough one. I think that one of the best things that they can possibly do is just remember, like, why they're going back to work, you know? Um, I know for, for me, thinking about working and things like that, I oftentimes think about, um, you know, that I'm doing it for my family, that I'm doing it to have an identity outside of being a mom and outside of being a wife and, you know, that it's that it's something additional for, for me. Um, and so I think, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really how I tend to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously it's such a, it's such a hard thing also to, to leave little ones. Um, yeah, so emotional, but yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for me, that's really, that's how I tend to, that's how I tend to think about it is just try to keep into perspective why I'm still doing it. And that tends to help. I don't know about you, but I'm always grateful when people are really open about their faith and their faith struggles, because we all get that to that point sometimes in our journey, right? And uh, because I feel like when people share what they're going through, you can learn from them and you also don't feel so alone if you go through times like these. And a friend of mine is going through a ton, her and her husband, they have a child who, um, had already been diagnosed with a life-threatening disease when they were like seven. And now their child is a teenager and things kind of had gotten under control. They escalated. They sought medical advice. And now this child has three life-threatening diseases, Mm. not just one. And so I texted this friend of mine, this mom, and I said, "Um, I just want you to know that you're always on the tip of my brain. And I've been praying for you so much. And she said... Uh, super honest response. Um, I have the text in front of me. She said, yes, it's a constant battle between faith and fear. 
I have to consciously choose faith or I'll just spiral out of control. I even at times have to just say Jesus out loud several times to regain focus. It's hard, but I know God is sovereign and is in control no matter what. Mm. And that kind of faith just, uh, just really spoke to me, the honesty of just how hard it is, but also clinging to the promises of God and that he is in control and he promises to never leave us and that nothing can separate us from his love. That just really meant a lot to me. Yeah. I, I guess we could call that end of your rope faith. <laughs> I mean, I've been there with my wife, Tracy and I we went through a years ago through a miscarriage and that was it. Your end of your rope. You're, you know, like why God? And that's, that's where you find yourself. And that's, you, you do have to make that choice, faith or fear. Are you going to believe these things or not? So, wow, that's tough going for your friends. So sorry. Do your kids ever say that they miss the days when they were doing school online at home? Depends on the personality of the child, right? This is pretty wild. According to a new survey, one in three young people between the ages of eight and 18 say they were happier learning at home. Those are mostly kids that were under a lot of stress in normal life. So being at home had perks like avoiding bullying, getting more sleep and exercise, and close relationships with family and a few friends. But it's interesting to note that that means two out of every three kids are happier going to school in person every day. I can see that in the kids in my life. There's one that just could not wait to get back. It was just like, Mm. I hate being away from my friends. And the other one... That is just love and life. Like, it's just yeah. grand not to have to leave the house. A total homebody. Yeah. I yeah. can I could see the upsides to both. I'd be like, can I pick and choose? Yeah. Can I can go I when I hybrid? feel like it and stay home when I feel like it? If can only. Do something like that, maybe? We live in a society. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it's the society of our making, and I choose to make it. I go to school when I want. <laughs> So they keep saying it's the perfect time to be looking for a job, right? Like you can pretty much write your own terms wherever you're going. Not true for one job applicant. The response to his interview is uh, it's going viral. Mm. Uh, I'll share with you in a minute what I can from how they responded to this guy's attitude in his interview. And it, it may be a cautionary tale for you if you've got an interview lined up. Have you had any job interviews? They keep saying like people are changing jobs like crazy and it's it's the uh, it's a buyer's market. If you're if you're looking for a new job or if you're looking to upgrade your situation, it's a great time because you can make crazy demands, but apparently this guy may have gone a little too far. This is the rejection letter that he got. It says, "Dear applicant, after uh, some considerate thoughtful consideration, we have decided to go with another candidate who is better suited to our needs at this time." It was noted during your interview that you told the recruiter and the hiring manager that they, quote, wasted your time because they were late. And that, quote, after you took time off from work, you were upset to hear a lowball offer that they should have just posted in their salary range to begin with in the job description. (laughs) We told you that people who work here don't work here just for the money. To which you replied, that, I'm sorry, what money? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Thank you for your time and consideration. So. I love that they took the time to delineate, this is why you're not getting a job. Which basically, if you read between the lines, it says, you are an ungrateful, rude, 
right. unkind person, and we don't want you in our company. Right. To which I have a feeling this guy probably went, great. We would have been a terrible fit anyways. <laughs> but <Right. laughs> you might wow. not want to, even if the interviewer is late and the the money is less than you thought, guess what? That first offer is always going to be less than you thought. You're supposed mm-hmm. to come back and go, yeah, that's not enough. Thank you. And then they call you back and go, oh, we suddenly, we took money out of our marketing budget and we're going to pay you. <laughs> I took the time to do that with someone who applied to be my dad's caregiver. Yeah. I called her. I couldn't reach her, but I left her a voicemail and I said, here's why we're not going to consider you any longer. And this is how I, I just said, I just want to encourage you. You're so young and you impressed me so much on the first interview like, you could go really far, but you can't treat people like this. I left her a little, like, yeah, a little pep talk on her voicemail. Wow. She never responded, but. When you when you ignored my, the rules of the interview, and you did look me in directly in the eye, and you didn't refer to me as Lady Taylor. No, I it found wasn't it that. Personally, she, a personal affront. She ghosted us, and then she came back. As if nothing happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I said, Especially you can't, you for can't a treat people that way. Caregiver position, you can't yeah, have that. Yeah, oh, it was not that. good. So anyhow, yes, it is a it is a buyer's market when it comes to looking for a job, but that doesn't mean all rules <laughs> don't apply anymore. So our producer Griffin may or may not have caught his wife, Sarah, being slightly helicopterish with their kids Only last slightly. night. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be nice. <laughs> We're going to find out what happened next. Griff Taylor was just saying that uh, Sarah was being a bit of a helicopter mommy last night. What was going on? Oh, yeah, yeah. The other night, our church had this family night, a family Lego night. Oh, fun. So you come and there's all these Lego competitions and stuff. And our son Thatcher loves Legos. So we're like, we have to go. We have to take Thatcher. Okay. And one of the competitions was who can build the tallest tower you know, you have like five, ten minutes and build a tower out of Legos and see okay. how high you can get it. And it's all kids doing it. Mm-hmm. But our, you know, Thatcher's only six, so we're kind of standing near him. And he's playing against some other kids, like three or four other kids. And they're older than him. He's definitely the youngest kid at the table trying to build this tower. Well, it's getting to crunch time. Time's running out. And Thatcher's <laughs> doing a pretty good job building this tower. And my wife notices some of the, like the nine, ten-year-old boys... Their towers are might be a little taller than Thatcher's. Mm-hmm. So she starts helping Thatcher. <gasps> oh, no. no, 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 no. Take some pieces. I mean, it wasn't this, I mean, it's a church function. It's not, there's really no rules necessarily. Yeah. It's kind of whatever. Um, but, but Sarah's taking Legos and making Thatcher's higher and higher. And, you know, the clock runs out and they go around and measure everyone's tower. And Thatcher won. He had the tallest tower. Thanks to... Air quotes, Thatcher won. Thatcher won, won. yeah. Nice. It was a family win. Nice. Oh, so. she was, like, pretty brazen about I was like, it. Sarah, it's... like, there's not even a prize. It's, it's just for fun. Did she get up and give her victory speech? <laughs> she was ready to. Yeah. Usually moms are more stealthy about helping, or dads. You yeah. know, it's at home. Right. And then the teacher can tell yeah. who yeah, really did the when homework. My, when my daughters were in youth group and uh, my wife and I went up for it was like a kickoff the kickoff the season event and we're all there and, the, and they were playing musical chairs yeah and my one daughter and I we figured out how to game the system we were like hey let's let's pull our two chairs over here could you, you could put your chairs wherever you want let's pull our two chairs over here away from the group <laughs> well you and I will just keep circling these two chairs and we'll always have a chair to sit down we'll be we'll be the last two standing mm-hmm. and it almost worked out we were the last two standing along with the pastor 
And then it wound up just me and the pastor at the end. Yeah. And there was one chair left, and I knocked him out of the chair. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> what? I, like, went all in to get the chair. They stopped the music, and How I just went. embarrassing. I led with my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Do you I, still go to that church? I, as a matter of fact, no. <laughs> I just kind of got wrapped up in the moment. That's all, you know. Victory was at hand. So we're talking about helicopter parenting, and it sounds like Sarah, it was probably that urge just to help her kid because he was so close to winning that Lego competition that she jumped in and started helping Thatcher. And he won <laughs> a little bit of a tainted victory since mom helped. Um, but we used to see... Uh, helicopter parenting with the radio station. We used to have this spin art machine that we would take out to radio station events. So if there was like a fair or your church had a, you know, like a, a fun field day with the family and the radio station came out, we'd set up spin art and you'd have like all the paints and the little spin thing. You'd put the paper in and the, you know, flip the switch and the paper would start going. And there were two types of moms. There were the moms who were like, okay, honey, get in there and paint. And they'd watch their kid. And then there were the moms who would go, no, 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 no. And they'd reach over and grab the paint and, yes. and do it for the kids. It was wild to watch the Wasn't difference. It? It, was, it was wildly different depending on the mom's personality. Right, right. But they would, ju- they would jump in and, you would, of course, you wouldn't say anything. You wouldn't be like, hey, why don't you let him do it himself? But the kid would just all of a sudden, you could tell their whole body would just kind of like go limp. And they'd be like, okay, mom's making the picture. Yeah. And you know they got home and mom put it on the fridge. Look what Johnny made. <laughs> My favorite, because this is, I, I would hope that if I had been blessed enough to be a mom, it would have been me. If they let their kids do it. And then they look at us with a glint in their eye and they go, can I make one? Because <laughs> I would be the same. I, mean, I want to make one too. It looks fun.